We are here to worship God. The God who is revealed to us in Jesus and the God who has sent His Holy Spirit to us so the life of God might flow from us. Welcome to this service of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Stephen and I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you for joining us in worship. We pray that this time together will deepen our relationship with Jesus and will help us to have more of the life of God flowing through us so we can live out our calling to represent Jesus to the people around us and represent the people around us back to God. This is the heart of our mission and our worship. Our reading today is Psalm chapter 63, taken from the New Living Translation. O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him while liars will be silenced. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our last three Psalms all share the same theme. David is being hunted and hounded by enemies, and he is seeking to find security and rest in God. We might be a little put off by this uh, repetition, tempted to say, look, just pick one of those Psalms and skip the rest. But no two Psalms are alike, no matter how similar the theme. Psalm 61 and 62 captured David in his younger years. He's more frantic, more easily thrown off balance. He struggles more to find God in difficult times and it takes him longer to connect back to God during times of trial. Our Psalm today, Psalm 63, brings us to an older David. He's likely over 60 years of age with many experiences of life now behind him. And yes, David is entering another season of being hunted by enemies who want to cut him down. So in that sense, it is the same. But Psalm 63 also marks a shift in David's own perspective. While his outward circumstances are as challenging as those from the previous two Psalms, the heart of David is in a different place. And it's these differences that merit a deeper look. We are fortunate to have some context for this psalm. We have a hint as to when it was written and so why it was written. Right at the beginning, we read these words, quote, a psalm of David regarding a time when David was in the wilderness of Judah. We know later in this psalm that David refers to himself as king. So that means he's on the run, hiding in a desert while still being the king. 
The only context that makes sense of these details is the time when an older David had to run for his life from his own son, Absalom, who had come to claim the throne by force. I'm not going to go into the details of what prompted Absalom to rebel against his own father and why so many of David's army and nobility and friends sided with Absalom. If you want to get the full story of this rebellion, including the background events leading up to it, you can read it in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 11 to 13. For our purposes today, it is sufficient to know that King David is on the run, hiding in a desert, and that his enemy is his own son. As a pastor, I've journeyed with many different people through many of life's challenges, and every challenge is real and hard. But there is something uniquely confronting about a situation where a family falls into bitter conflict. There seems to be a greater level of grief and of anger and of hurt in such situations. The pain of betrayed love, of disloyalty, of one who knows your most intimate secrets and fears and sorrows, now using all that knowledge against you. But bitterness and resentment can rise up in our hearts in such a situation. But our psalm today finds David carrying himself with a different spirit. It's hard to register any sense of bitterness or resentment or hurt in this song that David writes. There in the desert, knowing that his son has taken by force everything that once belonged to him, David's heart does not descend into darkness. Instead, his thoughts lift to a higher, a healthier and a more helpful place. Verse 1, quote, O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. End quote. I love how David uses the environment around him to express what he's feeling. He's in the desert. He had to flee quickly so he's not well provisioned or well prepared for this journey. He's tired, worn down and just thirsty. Imagine David, around 60 years old, grey hair, white beard, lips cracked, mouth parched, feeling his body crying out for rest and comfort and water. And David taking all that pain and all that weakness and turning it into a prayer. God, I'm being hunted. May I search for you with the same passion I am being searched for. God, my body is thirsty and I long for water. May my soul drink from your refreshing stream, even here in this parched and weary land. David now casts his mind back to an earlier time. No, uh, he's not remembering the times when he was in power and he gave the orders and he was surrounded by wealth and comforts. Uh, In the desert, his mind goes to a different moment. Have a look at verses 2 and 3, quote, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. End quote. There's a touching scene as David leaves Jerusalem to go on the run. David still has friends and people who love him. And among them were the Levites. That is the group of people who serve in the tabernacle, the tent, where people would go to meet with God. The Levites would care for this tabernacle and they would perform sacrifices and other religious ceremonies. In the deepest place in this tent of God, there sat the ancient Hebrews' most precious object, the Ark of the Covenant, 
also known as the mercy seat of God. It symbolized the chair that God sits on as he lives with his people Israel. The ark represented the very spot where God and his people came together. Wherever the ark of the covenant was, that's where God was. As David leaves Jerusalem to go into exile, the Levites decide to go with him. They go into the tabernacle, they hoist the Ark of the Covenant up on their shoulders and they head out to join David in his exile. The symbolism is powerful. David might have been driven from his capital city and from his throne, but God was going with him. The book of 2 Samuel chapter 15 verses 25 and 26 tells us David's response. He instructs the Levites to take the Ark back into Jerusalem and return it to the tabernacle. And then he says these words, quote, If the Lord sees fit, he will bring me back to see the ark and the tabernacle again. But if he is through with me, then let him do what seems best to him, end quote. And now out in the desert, David remembers being in the tabernacle. He remembers gazing at the symbols of God's power and glory. These experiences of the presence of God now sustain him. But while there's joy in David's heart as he remembers going to the tabernacle and worshipping God there, he also has no problem standing in the desert and worshipping God in that dry place. Yes, for him, the tabernacle and the rituals are beautiful and meaningful and important. But David also knows that God is not tied to the Ark of the Covenant, bound to stay forever sitting on the mercy seat. God is not a prisoner of his own tabernacle. And so David can worship God with confidence here in the desert, declaring that the same unfailing love that he experienced in the tent of God remains with him in this desert place. So David can now speak to God with a heart full of praise and thanksgiving. Verses 4 and 5, quote, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Here in these few verses in Psalm 63, David has gone from I thirst to I am satisfied. From I am empty Two, I am full from being parched and weary to singing songs of joy. As I was reading these verses, I found myself thinking of Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, quote, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength, end quote. I remember once going on a hike with a group of people. It was a bit of a spontaneous bushwalk and none of us were really well prepared for it. Besides, it was only going to be for three or four hours. So how much preparation do you need for a three to four hour hike? Well, on a hot Aussie summer's day, the answer is that we really should have been more prepared than we were. Our big mistake was not bringing enough water. A couple of us had little bottles, but most of us had nothing. Well, about an hour into the walk, we drunk what little water we had. By two hours in, we were beginning to understand that we made a big error in judgment. But by that point, there was no turning back. It was shorter to finish the walk than to retrace our steps. So we pressed on, now just focused on finishing our walk and getting back to taps full of flowing water. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, maybe not parched and thirsty on a hike, but a situation where you found yourself under stress and pressure. Something has happened. 
Maybe you made a mistake like we did. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe something outside your control came crashing down on top of you. Have you felt the exhaustion of that moment? The feeling of being dry and empty and oh, so very weary? Well, in the stress of the moment we were in, it didn't take long for us to all start squabbling. We started blaming each other. The few people who had brought those little water bottles began to carry a grudge that they'd had to share their water and now they were thirsty. It's just not fair. Tempest frayed. No one was speaking kindly to anyone else. Our little group had splintered into a bunch of individuals. And then somebody started singing. It wasn't me, but someone in our group started singing and they sang loudly. They sang with energy and as much strength as they could muster. They started singing the song 500 Miles by the Proclaimers. You know, I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. Through croaky voices, we all began to belt this song out over and over again. We pretty much sang it all the way back to our campsite. And you know what happened? The moment we started singing together, we also started bonding back together. Our bickering stopped. Our heavy hearts lightened. We even started to smile again. Our physical situation had not changed, but that proclaimer's song on our lips had brought joy to our hearts. And that was good medicine for us. It got us through the next couple of hours and united us back into a team working together to get home. Now, our situation was nothing compared to what David was going through here in Psalm 63. And frankly, I don't think a proclaimer's song would have been able to lift David from the hardships he faced into a place of joy and confidence. But his faith and confidence in God was more than able to bring a song of joy to his lips during this time in his life when he was weary and parched. With God, he found joy in the desert. And that's why David can declare in verses 6 to 8, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. When all of his life's circumstances are crushing him down, he has come to the place where those thoughts don't keep him awake at night. Those fears don't take his rest from him. The uncertainty about how all this will end does not cause him to lose heart. Instead, he meditates, he sings, and he clings. David meditates on God through the night. Uh, To meditate means to fill your mind with one particular thought. The discipline of meditation is the discipline of focus. The Bible tells us to fill our mind, our focus, our thoughts with those things that bring us life and hope. You know, meditate on God's unfailing love, says Psalm chapter 48, verse 9. Or, you know, I will meditate on your word or your decrees, your laws, is a statement repeated throughout the Psalms. Lying awake at night in the desert, David fills his thoughts with the love and goodness of God and God's word. That's what he meditates on. What might this practice look like for you? There's times when you're lying in bed at night and your thoughts go to places that are troubling and that rob you of your joy. What is it that you can meditate on that can help direct your thoughts back to remembering hope and life and even possibly remembering joy?
And David sings. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. A song on our lips is often a sign of joy in our heart. But it's not the desert that brings David joy. This song comes when he remembers that he is covered by the shadow of God's wings. It's the presence of God with him in the desert that brings him joy. And it's to this God that David says, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. In a world where his throne couldn't keep him safe, his wealth couldn't shield him from trouble, even his own family couldn't stick together. There is still one safe place to which David can anchor himself. The strong hand of God can never be shaken. We can rest securely in him. And it's now for the first time that David pays any attention to these enemies who are hunting him down. Verses 9 to 11, quote, But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while liars will be silenced. End quote. When we are attacked and chased and hounded and intimidated by those who wish to do us harm, it's all about them making themselves look big in our eyes. But David's eyes are fixed on one who is so much bigger than any enemy. And so he is able to look at them and see that their time will end. David even begins to anticipate and celebrate a victory that at this moment looks impossible. Now, like any songwriter, David allows his emotions and his imagination to run away with him. And so there is a bit of hyperbole here. In fact, we know from 2 Samuel that David was in two minds about how he wanted this rebellion to end. He did want it to end, but he didn't want his son Absalom or any of the generals and friends who had joined with Absalom to be killed. When battle became inevitable and unavoidable, he gave specific orders that his son was not to be killed. Orders that his army chose to disobey. So David's celebratory wish at the end of this psalm that his enemies would come to ruin and go down into the depths of the earth is not an expression of his actual plans for those former friends and family members who were in rebellion against him as king. What it is, though, is a plea for victory and release from a person who now finds himself at the bottom, suffering the oppression of those who use their power and might against him. As David dreams of victory at the end of this psalm, he is dreaming it while in exile in a desert. He is imagining the impossible, but he believes that the impossible is possible with the help of God. How is it that this psalm has spoken to you today? Are there particular memories that have been raised in your mind? Has the song spoken to you about a situation you're currently in? In this time of prayer and reflection, I'd like you first to consider the desert space that David was in. Do you recognize such a desert-like experience in your own life? David was chased out into the desert because of enemies who wanted to take from him the things he had. So how did you end up in the desert? I'm going to leave a moment of silence and in that silence invite you to consider the desert experiences of your life.
take a moment to consider your response to the question, what is it that fills your vision? In the quiet hours of the night, where do your thoughts take you? As you walk through dry and weary seasons of life, where does your focus rest? Right now, who is it who seems to dictate the thoughts that shape your emotions and responses? And are those thoughts filling you with hope and joy? Or are they robbing you of life? Let's take a moment to sit with God and consider the question, what is it that fills my vision? David, he'd learned the discipline of meditating on God, of fixing his mind on an attribute of God or a characteristic of God and putting his whole focus into reflecting and ruminating on it. For David, this practice gave him hope and vision beyond his circumstances, while also protecting him against being overwhelmed by thoughts about his circumstances. So if you were to spend time meditating on God, filling your thoughts with something wonderful about God, What would that be for you? What is it about God that brings you life? What is it about Jesus that brings you hope? What is it about the Spirit being with you that brings you joy? Take a moment now to meditate. let's take a moment to lift up someone else you know who is in the middle of a desert experience. A person you can see is weary and thirsty, worn down by the desert they now find themselves in. Pray for them. But also consider, can you put a song in their heart? Okay, maybe not an actual song. I'm not suggesting you sing to them. But can you be a source of joy for them, lifting their spirits and their vision even in their desert place? God, that you are with us no matter the circumstances we are in. 
Thank you for the testimony of David, old man David today, the David who has not always made the right choices and has not always walked the right path, but the David who has grown and has matured into the person who can show us that we too can find peace in the storm. We too can find joy in the desert. Lord God, help us to fix our eyes more firmly on you. May you fill our vision each day. For all we have heard in the service today and for all we have prayed, hear us and move mightily on behalf of your people. We commit all we have prayed into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our service today. A reminder that live services at Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia are on every Sunday at 10am. Please feel free to join us. Also, Canterbury Baptist Church will be running an Alpha course. This is an 11-week course that introduces the Christian faith and creates opportunities for people, whether they are Christians or not, to have conversations about faith, life and God. We're going to run it initially for ourselves in Canterbury Baptist starting on the 16th of February. It'll be run through our Connect Group network, so if you're not a member of a Connect Group, you're welcome to join up just for this series. If you need help finding a group or you'd like more information about the Alpha course, please feel free to contact me. There is no cost. To get in contact with me, you can email me at pastor at canterburybaptist.org. That is pastor at canterburybaptist.org. To support Canterbury Baptist and show your appreciation for what you've received today, you can give at the details listed in the show notes. As we go into this week ahead, let us keep our attention on God. Whatever the attribute or characteristic of God that you found yourself reflecting on during our prayer time, don't let that slip from your mind. And if you find yourself in a desert place and you start to be overwhelmed by whatever enemy is seeking to push you down, then meditate even more upon the Lord. Fill your mind with the truth of God that reminds you of His love and of His strength. Allow your heart to find joy again as you keep holding firmly to Jesus. Be like David in the desert. Meditate, sing, and cling. As we go into this week ahead, may we each go in peace.